Maybe the round table. We ought to see a part two. Oh, yeah. All right, folks. Those of you who have followed us thus far, right along with us, the seven churches of Laodicea, we have come to the end. To the end of the end. To the end of the end. Yep. And, uh, in fact, a little, little freebie. After this point in the book of Revelation, uh, we're gone. Yep. And so you will not hear the church mentioned again. Um, and so right until right at the end, yep. the bride of Christ. And so uh, we're gone for, for all of this uh, this transpiring. And thankful for that. Um, so, so thankful for that. But thank you for hanging out with us. Last time you were with us, we were talking about Laodicea. A place that was named after a man, uh, a man's wife who later poisoned him and <laughs> killed him. So, needless to say, you wonder why they got one of the most stern rebukes from the Lord. Uh, they were lukewarm. Uh, they they had a real bad, horrible condition uh, that they needed to take care of. They were they were indifferent. They were ignorant. They thought that they were doing everything they were supposed to, and they weren't doing anything. They weren't doing anything. And so. When we talked last, we talked about the problem. But now, here is what Jesus wants them to do. Yeah, amen. You know, they were very rich, by the way. Which they were. kind of plays into where we're getting ready to go here. Uh, he says here in verse 18 of Revelation, uh, chapter 3, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He said, I counsel you to buy from me, that is, the cost of their riches. He's wanting them to trade in those worldly riches or some spiritual ones. Amen. 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 Yeah, you gotta you gotta watch out for those uh, those worldly riches. They they will perish. They will they will uh, fall by the wayside. Um, that's what we have written down, but that's not it. Um, well, I see. <laughs> but that's okay. We ought to lay up treasures in heaven. It's but. actually. 19 and 19 and 21. Okay. Yeah, it's 19 and 21. I had 9 and 21 wrote down. That's <laughs> that old says... age. Old age forget something. <laughs> I just happened to forget yeah, 10 chapters. Yeah, not a problem. Jesus said unto <laughs> him, If thou be perfect, go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. Well, the thing, first thing they got to realize is, is that their spiritual condition is one of poverty. Right. They, they think they got the world by the tail, and like we talked last year, the world got them by the tail. Well, see, they, they were laying up treasure in the wrong place, brother. They, yeah. were, they were busy sitting on the treasures here instead of laying them up in heaven. Amen. And uh, when, when, you have, when you have need of nothing, that's what they, you know, the Bible says, they had, to see it. They, had, they had need of nothing. I'm rich and have need of nothing. Uh, there's nothing for them to trust God for. Mm -mm. And... Uh, you might think, well, that's an ideal situation, but not spiritually, because spiritually, uh, you're never faced with a circumstance where you must trust God and exercise your faith. Mm. So, therefore, your faith starts failing, and, and you become weak spiritually. Now, there is no strength to resist the devil when you get in that condition. There, you can't resist the flesh or the world, because, well, they never exercise their faith to build it up in strength. They never had to. Right. Well, brother, that's kind of like in physical strength as well. Uh, whenever you're working out, you gotta you gotta hit those weights. You gotta eat right, and you gotta stick to it. In fact, I have a, a dear friend of mine who, in, in school, uh, decided to take two weeks off. He was gonna eat how he wanted, 
he was gonna uh, not do any kind of workout, no push-ups, no nothing for two weeks. How'd that work out? He lost a hundred pounds off of his bench. A hundred pounds. What role was he benching to begin with? I don't know. He was benching, I think, like three seventy-five. So he lost twenty-five percent of his bench. Yeah. In two weeks. Yeah. Oh man. And uh, he uh, he wasn't happy about it, but he also wasn't eating right, and that's kind of how it is with the Laodiceans here. Uh, they they were spiritually starved, and they were operating in their own strength. Yeah. yeah. Uh, rather than the power of God. That's right. And we we know that spiritually, you don't have any power. No. But you know, in the flesh, to, to operate in the in the in the spiritual realm at all. Uh, and when you start relying on your own power instead of the power of God, well, you're doomed. I mean, yeah. to fail spiritually. You're just doomed to fail spiritually. Uh, so here, uh, Jesus is, is instructing them uh, to buy gold refined in the fire. Uh, their faith needs to be tested or refined to purify it so that they can become spiritually rich. Mm -hmm. uh, worldly riches uh, perish with the possessor. Spiritual riches, they follow you throughout all eternity. You know, things of this life soon shall pass, but only what's done for Christ Last. So he's referring, he's also telling them here to, to purchase this white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and, and that the shame of their nakedness doesn't appear. Uh, these two illustrations were especially chosen by Jesus for the lay of the seasons because lay of the sins because the lay of the sins were known for their textile industry and their and their eye salve uh, all around the world. They export, in fact, they export, exported all around the world, uh, especially their black cloth made from dyed wool. Mm. Uh, he uses a worldly illustration here to drive home a spiritual principle. You know, this is nothing new for our Lord. Uh, when Jesus was here uh, during his earthly ministry, he used parables uh, to put it in terms that you and I could understand. You know, brother, he's, he's saying, you know, they're known for the, the black cloth that they made from this dyed wool all over the world, right? Now he's telling them here, that they, what they really need is, is white raiment. <laughs> mm. And that's the emblem of uh, purity and salvation. Uh, the lad of sins had uh, neither. So they were spiritually running around naked, making an, an open sh uh, show of their shame for being worldly rather than spiritual in their actions. Mm. They were pretty much Christians by name alone. Yeah, I do think the first time we've heard, heard that in uh, these seven churches too. That's right. You know, and he says here, we know they was known, know they was known for their black cloth, and they also was known for their eye salve. And he says, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve. Uh, they sold their eye salve all around the world, but they needed to anoint their eyes with God's spiritual eye salve so they can once again see spiritually because they're spiritually blind. Think about it, brother. Old blind Bartimaeus saw better than they did. Amen. Because, you know, he, he was blind from birth. They were spiritually blind, but he knew enough that when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was coming by, he went to the source. And Jesus Christ made the best eye salve that ever was. Amen. And it was simply spit from the Savior, a little bit of earth, and put on his eyes, and a man who was blind from birth now could see. Amen. And, uh, you know, that's that's what Bartimaeus had that the Laodiceans needed, yeah, Jesus. Their, their spirit was actually void of any spiritual light at all and they needed to apply God's light so that they might spiritually see more clearly uh, in 
verse 19 here, it says, uh, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Uh, Jesus, does, Jesus doesn't rebuke those who don't belong to him. Mm. He chastens his own children, not the children of the devil. And notice this. Uh, this chastening, this is not a form of losing your salvation. This, this is a correction in your life. This is uh, the allowing of something in order to bring you back to where you need to be. Uh, I mean, it's it, it's kind of like when Daddy would break out the pedal. Well, amen. Well, you know, it, it says in Hebrews twelve six, it says that uh, for whom the Lord loveth, He chastens and scourges every son, son who He receiveth. The very fact that God is sending these letters to the churches speaks volumes about the degree of love He has for them. Mm. Uh, Jesus doesn't stop loving us when he chastens us any more than we stop loving a son or a daughter that we correct by chastening. You know, one of those things that uh, we used to do growing up, you used to hear, and you just wanted to look at mom and dad and say, y'all are a bunch of liars. Yeah. They would get ready to tear your butt up for doing something you weren't supposed to. They'd have that paddle or that belt or that switch or whatever it might have been. And they'll look at you and go, they say these two things. Number one, this hurts me more than it does you. You're right. And at that point, we're <laughs> like, yeah, okay, then how about you turn around and let me hit you with a switch? Yeah. And then they say the other thing. I'm only doing this because I love you. And again, at the time, we're going, yeah, okay, uh-huh, if you love me, then why are you fixing to cause my hind end a bunch of pain? Yeah. But we look back on it now and see it was because they loved us and didn't want us to go down a certain road that they corrected us. Oftentimes, the same road they went down. Yeah. You know? Uh, they've already been where we're going. That's right. Uh, he urges them here to be zealous, therefore, and repent. Uh, you know, exercise true repentance by doing uh, so urgently and aggressively. Uh, turn from their era before he has to bring more uh, harsher chastisements on them. Mm. Plain words, just stoke up the fire in your soul and, and warm up their lukewarmness until it boils over into the world is, is what he's saying here. Yeah, my cup runneth over. Yeah. Amen. You know, folks, <laughs> Christianity is a lifelong commitment. Uh, stretches throughout eternity without end. It's not just a, a fad or a hobby. It, it's not something you uh, only do down in the flesh. It's spiritual and it's eternal. It's very real and it's true to boot. Yeah. Amen. He says, he says here in verse 20, brother, he says, Behold, he says, I stand at the door and knock. And even though this Laodicean church have erred from the faith, God still, by grace, extends to them an invitation to come in. Mm. You know, the very idea Mercy. Of, of knocking implies that Jesus desires to come in to them and restore them and to teach them and to fellowship with them and counsel them to better serve him spiritually. Brother, he's opened the doors of ministry. We've seen that already. He's got the keys in the hand. Yeah, amen. Uh, but first, brother, they have to open their heart's door while he is knocking. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good key, pretty good principle there, while he's knocking. That's right. Uh, uh, but right now, he's only knocking. The way of the season, seeing still have to open the door and let him come in. Mm -hmm. uh, they can still choose to flop around in the world in a slop, you know, but they can also choose to repent and dine with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hmm. Flop and slop or wine and dine with the King of Kings. Hey. <laughs> what a choice. Yeah, big choice, right? Pretty easy choice. Yeah. 
<laughs> Jesus stands at the door and knocks. But he's a gentleman, Kyle. And uh, he, will not, he will not just blunder in uh, without you inviting him. If the Laodiceans don't open the door, Jesus will simply walk away, perhaps to return another day, but brother, maybe never to return. You, you know, you're not given tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, worse yet, you know, he, he may just lead them to their folly. You know, mm. uh, you can have friendship with and serve the world and receive their riches, which will perish. Or you can have friendship with and serve the Lord and receive riches which never perish. It seems like a no-brainer to me, Pastor. <laughs> yeah, seems like a pretty clear choice. Yeah, amen. Uh, Jesus came to seek and save those that are lost and have lost their way. You know, if any man hear my voice, is what he told them, and will open the door, he will come in and he will fellowship with them, brother. Yeah, you know, the same choice is offered to all men in reference to salvation. Uh, Jesus seeks you out. I mean, ain't nobody really looking for him, you know? He seeks you out. He knocks on the door of your heart and speaks that you may know that is him. Mm. He wants to come in. He, he wants to have that fellowship. Uh, his desire is that no one should perish, but you got to open the door and invite him in yourself. That's right. We have a free will, uh, and we can either invite him in or we can... Turn him away. And brother, what that means is that the ball is in your court. Yeah. Well, you can invite him in, brother, and say, uh, and, and he will come in and, and, and sup with him and he with me. Uh, you know, Jesus is not just a savior of the soul. He's a friend of sinners. That's right. Uh, what a friend we have in Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, says there in verse 21. Oh, yeah, that's right. Verse 21. This is something, brother, that we, this is something that we've dealt with this entire time. It pretty much says at the end of each and every one of these, to him who overcometh, or to him that overcometh. And, of course, this is a, ref a reference to those who have victory over death, sin, and the grave. And that can only be done, brother, through Jesus Christ. So this here is speaking of the saved child of God. Yeah, amen. You know, brother, we're, we're more than conquerors through Christ. That's right. Over the world and the flesh and the devil. And not because of us or our power, but because of Jesus Christ and his power. Yeah, certainly we have no, no power to, uh, to defeat or even do battle with the spiritual, spirits in the spiritual realm. You know, brother, and all those who have overcome it, he says, I will grant to sit with me in my throne. Can you imagine, not just being with Jesus, but sitting in his throne? Man, that's an awesome thought for me. Uh, we can share in Christ his honors and his victories, uh, even as I overcome. And you know that, brother, just speaks to the absolute victory we have through him. Yeah. You know, just as Christ, through his death, burial, and resurrection, gained victory over the world, so shall we gain victory through Christ. Uh, he has said here, he has sit down with his Father in his throne. And said, and we shall sit with Christ in his throne. 
Uh, we will share in his honor and his glory throughout all eternity. And brother, we, we simply ain't worthy uh, of our own rights to do that. But we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Grace, man, grace. Of the seven churches, folks, uh, Laodicea appears to be the worst shaped spiritually than any of them. Uh, yet they still receive the promise here of honor, glory, and triumph if they repented of their indifference. Uh, there's still hope for your church today if your church is indifferent to God's service. God can save even the most self-serving, self-reliant, compromising church from their lukewarmness. He can save even the most selfish, worldly, compromising person as well. He's standing at the door, brother, and he's knocking. You know. It says here, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. Folks, Jesus is standing at your door of your heart right now just as he stood at the door of the Laodicean church and he's knocking. Right. Only he knocks, brother, that you might open the door of your heart and let him come in and save your soul. You know, well, what will be then? You know, will you let him in or will you turn him away? If you reject him, folks, there is no guarantee that he'll ever knock again. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. So why don't you open up the door to your heart and let him come in today? You know he's knocking right now. So why don't you just invite him into your heart? Admit you're a sinner without hope because you are. You can't be good enough to get into heaven on your own. You can't do enough good works to go. You can't get wet enough. You can't even go to church enough to get to heaven. Jesus says, I am the way, and there is no other way, folks. Through Christ is the only way. Believe that Jesus is God and that he took a body of a man, lived a sinless life on this whole earth, and then offered himself on the cross for your sin as a gift for your salvation. Then confess him as your Savior. Ask him to come into your heart for your inner man save your, your soul. And folks, he will. He promises. Doesn't he, brother? He promises. Right. Yeah. Got a little song for us here. Yep. We mentioned it earlier. Goes. What a friend we have in Jesus. Oh, sins and griefs to bear what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer oh what peace we often forfeit oh what needless pain we bear all because we do not carry 
Brother, we've just learned to filter everything through our spiritual side instead of our fleshly side by just simply praying and asking God to make these things before we put them in action. Amen. We could save ourselves a whole lot of heartache. whole lot of heartache. Or trouble. Tons of trouble. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. This here does conclude the seven churches of the Revelation. And so we've taken you through a journey of the first three chapters. Uh, well, first two. Yeah, first three chapters. First three we've covered chapters. the first chapter. Uh, of what aspect of the book of Revelation pertains to the church. And so we thank you so much for your listening uh, thus far. And look forward to topics coming up. Uh, one of them is forgiveness. Does it mean the same thing as trust? <laughs> no, it don't. <laughs> but look forward for that one coming up and a couple more. In fact, uh, uh, I'm, I'm seeing one coming up on a, we, we referenced it a lot, but we haven't really done a study on it. Psalm 23. Hmm. So I think that'll be a good one as well. So. Uh, did you have something for our, our listeners? Just just that, you know, you, you said that when we concluded this study of the churches, that was the end of chapter 3, chapter 3, verse 22. And that's the last time, I think you said, that you see the word church until he comes back with the church. Yeah. You know, it's all enough if you look at the, the first verse of chapter 4. It says, after this I look and behold, a door is opened in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> a door. <laughs> And the first voice which I heard was as it was a trumpet talking to me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Uh, brother, the door opens, and the church goes. And then oh, next time the door opens, we're coming back. We're not through none of this. We're not in that tribulation period as a church at all. The rest is hereafter. The rest is after. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, thank you again for listening to us. If you're on Facebook, we ask that you hit that love button and share. Uh, we also ask that if you are on uh, YouTube, that you would hit that subscribe button and a little bell to sign up for notifications. And then if you're on any of our broadcasts via podcast, um, we encourage you to hit the thumbs up, the like button, share the link. Uh, no matter what platform it is you're listening to us on, whether it's uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, Bullhorn, Anchor FM, all the many different ones. And I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out. I don't know if I've done this in a while, but I want to give a shout out to the person that we broadcast our radio waves on, uh, Anchor FM. Uh, um, thank amen. them so much for putting us out all across the world in 30 of our United States and 13 other countries throughout the world uh, and various territories, even in some places where it may not be popular to hear it. Yeah. Popular is an understatement. <laughs> yeah. So thanks to all of our listeners. And again, we look forward to and are excited about new content coming out. Amen. So continue to keep us in your prayers. And on that note, we're going to close in a word of prayer. Yeah. All right. And by the way, if they have a question that they want answered on this broadcast, send us an email. Message us, drop it in the comments in any of the videos. Or simply go to um, lbcroundtable at gmail.com. There you go. All right, let us pray. Father, we thank you so very much for all that you've done for us. Lord, I pray that each of us as children of God would look within ourselves, Father, that we ourselves may fall into line with one of these seven churches 
in an area of our life, Lord, that we need to uh, straighten out, Father. I pray that all of us would have that same that same thing said about us as Philadelphia, Lord, that we're on fire and we're holding on fast, waiting for your return. Lord, I pray that you would encourage those that are listening, Father, if there's not one that knows Jesus Christ, Lord, that they would be saved before it's everlasting too late. Lord, that they would put their faith and trust in him, admitting that they're a sinner, believing that you died and rose again, and Lord, choosing you as their Lord and Savior. Lord, we just ask that they would do that before it's too late. Father, your children that are listening, I pray that it would be an encouragement to them that they would be uplifted, Lord, that they would uh, be able to use us to, to draw closer to you, Father, in, a, in the study of your word. Father, may it be an encouragement for them to dig into their Bibles. Lord, I thank you again for the opportunity to do this. Lord, I thank you for all who make this possible. Father, sharing it on the waves. Father, be with those of our listeners who, Lord, you know, uh, it may not even be legal for them to be listening to us. But, Father, put your hedge of protection round about them. And all these things we ask in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Till next time. Till next time.